Hello and welcome back to another episode of Bums Breakdown. Today's episode, we're going over the Indy 11 preview. As always, joined by Dylan. Uh, to start things off, though, we'll go over the last game versus the Pittsburgh Riverhounds. A, uh, definitely a, a tough loss come the end, at least in my opinion. Dylan, from what you saw, what did you make of that game, though? Um, well, I didn't actually get to watch the game live. Uh, I was kind of following along on FOTMOB. Um, I was at my grandfather's 90th birthday party, so happy birthday, Angelo. Unfortunately, the game outcome was not that great. Uh, but yeah, so I just based on kind of what I saw um, in the loyal highlights package, the extended highlights they released, um, it seemed like we had a good chunk of the ball, some really good opportunities and just couldn't put them away. Um, and then got sloppy towards the end. And it looked like when Pittsburgh turned up the press, we just couldn't handle it. Um, so that continues to be an issue for us. Yeah, it was a tough one. I know obviously the second game in a row, we've kind of stuck with that 4-2-3-1 formation. And I do think um, definitely it's looked a lot better than kind of the how we've lined up previously this season. Very kind of a bit more direct. Um, kind of I think it suits our players a little bit more as well. Um, and kind of takes us away from kind of a bit more of the kind of tedious passing. Although... I think regardless of formation, there's still going to be somewhat of a kind of tedious build-up here and there. Um, definitely was a tough one to watch alive. I think, for most of the game, kind of 60, 70 minutes, I think we dominated, just couldn't kind of get more chances and kind of put them away. Um, I will say that Perez's goal to begin with, great goal, great run, obviously great tackle from Cam Riley to kind of start the whole kind of play for that goal. Um, but yeah, very much, um, very much a, a tough loss to watch, definitely come the end. Dylan, obviously, I know we went through last week. You predicted a 3-2 win for us. I think I predicted a 2-2. Um, would you say you're overly surprised about the outcome of the game last weekend? Uh, no. I, In fact, when I got the uh, Fought Mom notice of the, the goal going in, the second Pittsburgh goal, like I knew it was Fought Mob because of the sound it made, and I didn't even have to look. I just knew that it was not Loyal who had scored. It was Pittsburgh. And lo and behold, I was correct. So no, I, I was not surprised. Yeah, it's a it's a tough one. I mean, obviously looking at the form table here, we had what no wins in the last five, two two draws, and sorry, three draws, two losses, um, and basically what three points from a possible fifteen. I know we spoke about before the kind of um, three game stretch versus San Antonio and Sacramento, the kind of the points we're hoping for those. But I mean, from the last five games, I mean, would you say right now we're kind of disappointing as far as how the form table looks? Yeah, I think, um, you know, early in the season, we talked about how we just weren't quite clicking, but I think we definitely are getting into the part of the season now uh, where I, I'm starting to get a little concerned. I um, And especially, as you said, the last five, six games, um, even the win, the one win we have in what, our last eight or nine was that away to Miami, which was, don't get me wrong, a great win, but also not the perfect performance. So I definitely, uh, we're going to have to get it going soon at some point here. Yeah, it's, I mean, I think the main thing for me is kind of the defensive errors here and there. I mean, from the last game, really got the two standouts for me were Adrian Perez and Cam Riley. I mean, they both played very well on the right-hand side there. But again, I think performances, honestly, if you take away the results, performances, I think, are getting better. Um, but at the end of the day, it's a results business. I think we're slowly slipping down the table. And honestly, I mean, depending on how the game goes this weekend, and we've obviously got two more away games after this one as well, um, I, I'm getting slightly worried that Again, I think we'll get a playoff place, but as far as getting a home playoff matchup, um, at least to begin with, I think is very going to be very hard to come by. And um, obviously, the, the lower down you finish 
in the regular season, the more, the more likelihood of you not going to even play a home game in the whole of the playoffs too. So that's the one worrying thing for me. Um, as you know about before the season, we spoke about kind of a expected position come the end of the season. Has your kind of expectation changed at all um, after recent results? I think I predicted third. Uh, so I... I'm not ready to change it yet. We're not even quite at the halfway point. Um, I'm not ready to change that. I still think we well could finish third. I still think Sac's the best team in the West, and I think San Antonio will finish second. But, uh, yeah, if we don't get clicking sometime in the next five games, if we can't start picking up a win here or there, um, I, I will have to start reassessing things. Yeah, it's, it's been a tough run of things, and I know Nate spoke about in the post-game interview as well as far as kind of we're coming through kind of a, a tough period of the season. Um, and kind of uh, hopefully there should be some easier games or easier stretches coming up. Um, but kind of looking at the schedule and things to come, do you believe that we are still kind of uh, have an easier kind of run um, at certain points in the rest of the season or not? I, I think you and I have both said on this show multiple times there's not really such a thing as an easier run of games uh, in the USL Championship. Everybody's a good team, but... I will say I see what Nate is referring to. Our next league games are away to Indy, who are a stacked lineup on paper, but are struggling this season for whatever reason, uh, are very tedious, just like us. Hartford, probably the worst team in the league, even though it's away. Uh, Colorado Springs back-to-back with Dortmund in between. Um, Colorado Springs are good, but those should be two you know, really crucial games. And then we have OC and Luton at home. At home. Uh, and then Memphis and New Mexico at home. Memphis are a decent team. Um, New Mexico have been struggling. So I, I see what Nate is saying. That said, there's no such thing as an easy game in the USL yeah, Championship, yeah, in I my see, opinion. We've spoken about it plenty of times as far as, like I said, no easy games. But obviously, with the way kind of we're speaking, I think, end of the day, I mean, you've got to get through, obviously, these next games now um, and at least make it show that these are going to be easy games and get the results and get the wins needed to kind of bring us back to at least kind of a comfortable home, at least home playoff game for the first game. Um, so it, it's not easy. And I, I, I will say that I am worried right now. I don't believe I've seen an improvement on last season. And um, I think if the next few games don't go away, then definitely these uh, this, these playoff places are going to be definitely going to be tough to come by come the end of the season. Um, but again, moving into Indy so far this season, we've spoken about them a little bit. Right now, they're currently sitting seventh in the Eastern Conference with five wins, four draws, and six losses. Um, right now, they've scored 17 and conceded 17, so on a zero goal difference. They did go ahead and beat Hartford 2-0 in the last game, um, but I can't remember if it was before the game or after the game that their manager, um, Tab Ramos from Hartford, got sacked. Uh, and then looking at kind of their notable games so far this season, they actually beat Charleston away 4-0, which obviously a great re- result for them. But they did go ahead and lose 1-0 to Orange County and then drew 0-0 with Las Vegas Lights, who, um, aside from Hartford, are on the fewest amount of points in the whole of the USL on nine points there. So, again, you want to be beating a team like Las Vegas Lights. And then their form in the last five games, they've uh, they've lost two, won two, and drawn one. So, obviously, um, a bit better form than us. But, to be honest, that, that isn't too hard there, really. And then home and away record at home. They've had one win three losses and three draws. Then away from home, four wins, three losses and one draw. So obviously doing way better away from home, which I guess is somewhat promising for us knowing that we are, we're playing them at home. Um, and they'll move into their lineup from last game. And Dylan, do you want to walk us through how they lined up in that last game versus Hartford? Yeah, sure. So this, like I kind of said, this is a team that I think on paper is uh, pretty well stacked. 
Um, so Jack Blake didn't even start in the last game. I don't know if he was injured. I don't even think he came off the bench, so I don't know what's up with him. But uh, our good friend Jack Blake is uh, on Indy 11, but uh, we'll see if he plays. Anyway, they're starting 11. Um, Yannick Odell uh, in goal has had a great season so far. He's um, kind of young German goalkeeper, having a great year, and he's kind of a, a known quantity in the USL. Their back line uh, was King, Diz, and Vazquez. Um, I'm not too familiar with any of them, if I'm totally honest with you. Um, and then their midfield in the 3-4-3 three, three, uh, from right to left was Budati, Cam Lindley, uh, played for Colorado Springs last season, Aiden Quinn, previously of Phoenix and Orange County, and then Reese on the left. And then from right to left in the front three, Solomon Asante, formerly of Phoenix, Seb Guenzotti, uh, I think the all-time leading scorer or one of them for Tampa, uh, and then Robledo on the left. Uh, but like I said, they are a talented team. Um, Douglas Martinez, uh, formerly former loyal player, came off the bench and scored uh, the second goal for them against Hartford. So um, I'm not sure who we'll see, but uh, that's how they lined up last game. Yeah, I mean, like you said beforehand as well, they've got a very stacked team. And to be honest, I'm I'm surprised they're sitting where they are right now in the league. Definitely would have thought before the season they're going to be up there at least kind of top three, top four positions in the Eastern Conference. Um, but like I mentioned there too, obviously, Solomon Asante, great player for them. Their midfield, honestly, of Cam Lindley and Aiden Quinn, um, possibly one of the, the best midfield duos in the whole of the league as well. So, again, it, it won't be an easy game. They haven't played well so far this season. Um, again, another team that likes to line up in basically a 3-4-3. Three, three. Um, I know out of possession events Hartford, it's more so kind of a... Basically, a 5-4-1 at times, kind of Robledo and Santi kind of dropping in to that midfield four there as well and kind of Gwenzati kind of being that lone striker at times there too. So, again, if they get an early goal, no doubt they'll probably sit in a little bit. Um, but like I said as well, they're kind of a, a very... I wouldn't like, don't like to use the word tedious, um, but again, very kind of possession-orientated. So far this season, they've actually had, a, on average... 57% possession, which is actually 2% more um, than us, which obviously we like to keep the, keep the ball a hell of a lot. Um, and obviously moving into kind of their top scorers here, Gwenzati and Quinn are both on three goals each. Uh, and most chances have been created by Jack Blake, 21, and Cam Lindley with 19. I did know against the in the last game, though, before Hartford, that Blake started on the right, um, where kind of Budadi uh, played in the last one. But uh, we'll see if he comes back in for that one there. Um, but then what have you seen of Indy 11? Kind of, do you think they are deservingly sitting seventh right now? And kind of how would you describe kind of their play style? Well, they're kind of an interesting um, kind of an interesting conundrum because their coach, Mark Lowry, was the head coach for El Paso the first three years that El Paso was in the league. Um, and El Paso, El Paso were top of the West or thereabouts the first three years they were in the league. Um, but Mark Lowry has not quite found the same success yet at Indy. Um, they really struggled last season, although they did find it a bit towards the end of the year. Uh, but yeah, I, you know, I, if, if you don't want to use the word tedious, I'll go ahead and say it because I've thrown that word around quite a bit this year. Uh, they, they love to pass around. It's, I mean, it's almost like they're the loyal of the Eastern Conference, if I'm honest. They should be better than they are, but um, are they deserving of where they are? Just like loyal are? Yeah, I, I think they are. They, they've they only scored 17 goals this year. Um, they've only conceded 17, which is fewer than loyal. But uh, for a team that stacked, they should absolutely be scoring more than that. So um, if you'd asked, if you told me this at the beginning of the season, yes, I would have been surprised. But uh, having seen a few of their games... Um, 
and just kind of how they've played generally, no, I'm not too surprised. And I do wonder, uh, is this game going to just be like the most tedious game ever or will, will something have to give? I really hope not. I'll be completely honest. The last game we had versus Pittsburgh, I nearly fell asleep in the first half. Um, Pittsburgh didn't have a shot in the whole of the first half. And then obviously we're happy to kind of sit in and then come press come the end and we just kind of fell apart. But yeah, this this could even turn out to be an, a great evenly matched game and both teams kind of going at it. Or like I said, could easily kind of turn into kind of a very, um, very tedious game and uh, not one that a neutral would kind of enjoy watching. Um but then kind of moving into lineup and into our lineup, I know this season has been tough, kind of injuries here and there. I know kind of the, the formations now finally kind of changed. And I know we're kind of speaking about kind of um, do we see anything different from Nate as far as tactically goes. For you, are you gonna are we gonna assume that we stick with the same kind of four, two, three, one for this game as well, or kind of revert back to kind of the the three, four, one, two, or three, four, three, how we like to line up? Um, I think we'll see this 4-2-3-1 again because it has produced a couple of decent performances, as you said, even if there's, the results haven't quite been there. Um, and I think, too, that it's not that dissimilar to our 3-4-3. It actually kind of harkens back to the kind of like 4-4-2 flex 3-4-3 that we used to play uh, under Nate and Landon a couple seasons ago. Um, you know, with the wing back on the right and... Uh, whoever's playing left back, whether it be Bodily like the other day or Martin, as I think we're probably going to guess here, uh, it gives us a lot of flexibility. So I think that four, two, three, one's a good shape. Um, and I would like to see us keep building on it. Yeah. And I've kind of moved things around here on the tactics board, but obviously no Corona was kind of dropping in between the two center backs in the last game there. So obviously at times kind of look like more of a, a three back with those who are now obviously we have Bodley on the left-hand side here. Um, cam on the right hand side so again at times it could even look like a basically somewhat of a, a five two three um kind of Perez and moon it's kind of the two wingers in this one here as well so again we'll see um but also do you want to talk us through kind of how we uh predict we're going to line up for this game here as well yeah sure so starting at the back um koke uh you know he's only got two clean sheets this year and those were the first two games of the season um, but I really wouldn't blame him for most of those. Uh, I think he's had a pretty good season, actually. Uh, he did have a bit of a, a slip up on Pittsburgh's first goal. Uh, but, I, you know, we actually got the ball away and then the defense was just kind of all over the place. So um, anyway, Koke, I still see as the starter. Um, and then, uh, like we said, in the four-two-three-one, I think that back line, uh, at least from the right, Riley, Stoneman, Adams, um, probably won't change because that's kind of the core that gives us that flexibility between the four and the three at the back um, left back. I would like to see Elijah come back in. Um, I think that flex like left back slash left wing back kind of role really uh, utilizes the best of his talents. It's, it's got his defensive awareness and tackle making ability and one-on-one -on -one ability, uh, but it also gives him a little license to get forward. Um, so that's kind of how I see it or how I would like to see it at the back. Um, do you think we'll make any changes in the midfield? Who, who would you like to see in there? It's a tough one. Obviously, I will say that Guido started very well in the last game. And obviously before that one versus, was the one versus San Antonio, I thought that Guido probably had his best performance so far of the season. 
I know he came off in the first half with some of a hamstring knock. I don't think it was too bad. Um, but also, I don't think we're going to risk Guido um, again kind of midway through the season. I think probably if he's hurt a little bit, they'll kind of want to save him for the uh, later on in the season. So, yeah, I do think probably Colin Martin and Corona. And obviously, Charlie did come back um, off the bench in the last game. But I don't think that he'll be rushed into the starting lineup um, after being out for so long there. So, I'm happy to go with Colin and Corona in there. And then... They're going to have three in front was where I was most kind of stuck with. I do think Moon's pretty much the, I mean, apart from Koki, I think Moon's pretty much the first name on the team sheet. Um, aside from that, although I'm, I'm stuck with kind of Collier um, in that kind of attacking midfield role, I do think potentially Toomey um, could come in there and then Perez on the right. I think Perez um, probably gone under the radar a little bit this season, but I think he's what had four man of the matches, performances, um, second or I know what Damas and Conway both on five goals, but Perez is second on the team or third um, on four goals there. So it's a tough one. Would you go with Collier or Toomey in the attacking midfield spot for this game? Um, I personally would actually like to see Perez there um, and maybe play Moon uh, on the right side as kind of that flex wingback winger role. Um, but if you're giving me the choice between uh, those two, I'd probably go Toomey, um, though he didn't have his greatest appearance uh, against uh, Pittsburgh, I didn't think. Yeah, I mean, Kim will come the end, but he didn't do too much as well. But I, we put in here Collier. I just think form-wise, Collier has been a bit better than Toomey recently. And then up front, Conway, you know, Damas was on the bench last game, carrying somewhat of a knock from the previous one there. But um, like I said, I think Conway is kind of going to be that main striker there. But I mean, right now in a, in a 4-2-3-1, if... Damas and Conway are both fit. Who would you kind of go with in that kind of lone striker role? Uh, I would like to see both of them on the field. Um, I would probably move Conway out to the that like left attacking wing slash AM spot uh, and probably move Moon out to the right, like I said. Because um, I think he's great for that kind of flex wing back winger role. Um, and then I would put Damas up top just because I don't think he... I think that's where he operates best, but I, I still think Conway and Thomas is a decent partnership. Um, and Conway, I know has had a bit of a rough season, but uh, he had that, he had one moment against Pittsburgh where he, it was right at the start of the second half. He had some really slick feet and then just blasted it over the bar. But um, I would love to see a little more of that from Conway, just like get him into some space and, and give him a chance to do it. But anyway, I know you asked me to pick between the two and I said <laughs> both, but uh if you're asking me who's the best at, at, at just leading that, leading the line, I think Domus is best suited to that role. Yeah, I think for me, I mean, if you could kind of have the your best kind of four up top here, I'd probably go with what Conway on the left, um, probably Perez in that attacking midfield role, Moon on the right, and then Damas up top on his own. Um, although I am kind of curious as far as maybe we're like somewhat of a four four two with if Conway and Damas in the middle. Um, we made Conway run a bit deeper in that kind of attacking midfield role, but in the attack, kind of uh, having a, a front two there. So um, it's a tough one there. Obviously, I know that um, that Nate is going to be kind of having to think about this game, and it's it's tough with the amount of games we have coming up, especially um, out east, and then with injuries here and there, it's going to it's hard to kind of rotate and keep the kind of the main guys fit and healthy um, going into kind of the postseason as well. But then moving into kind of the um, Essentially, the kind of key matchup storylines, which kind of we always go through um, at this point here. Um, again, no doubt, I think for me, that midfield kind of area is going to be the main part. Obviously, 
if Collier drops in a bit deeper to help, possibly. Um, but definitely kind of Colin Martin, Corona versus Aiden Quinn and Cam Lindley. Um, whoever come out on top there, I think really kind of be able to help their team and go on and get the win. Um, and then also here, kind of will we see Jack Blake? Obviously, we know that he didn't play in the last game and he did play in the previous game for Indy. Um, and like I said earlier on in the episode as well, he kind of he's had the, the most chance to create for the team as well. So I'd imagine Blake comes back in for this one, um, possibly. But uh, also for me as well here, kind of what formation do we go with? I think that's kind of key. But again, like we also mentioned too, that the ability to kind of switch formations mid-game um, could help us. And then also here, can we break this bad run of form? Obviously, zero, no wins in the last five games. Can we finally get another clean sheet? Obviously, Koke um, has had a clean sheet after the last two games of the season. So uh, a lot kind of going on there. I do think obviously that midfield kind of um, airy here. I'll go and uh, see if the, the circle here is going to work. Um, kind of the midfield area here really is going to be key um, to kind of win the game. But for you, kind of any other things to add on there or any other kind of key matchups you're looking out for in this game? Uh, well, you kind of alluded to it earlier that um, uh, Indy has actually a, a slightly higher average possession than Loyal to. And, you know, I talked about it a little bit that they play a similar style. And I just wonder if playing on the road against a team that wants to be heavily possessive but struggles to score, that is Indy, um, I do wonder if that might actually just force Loyal to play a little differently and maybe we'll see a little bit a different performance so uh, maybe that's just me being hopeful but uh i i i'm kind of thinking that we might actually see loyal be forced to do something a little different here just because the team we're playing wants to do the same thing we do like almost to a t yeah i, I hope so and i think the the main kind of i guess the difference for me from the pittsburgh game to the san antonio game right beforehand is that i think we started off very hot a lot of pressure came out very quick but again, versus Pittsburgh, it kind of like we were kind of comfortable kind of keeping the ball, no kind of real sense of urgency. Um, and I mean, we got the goal, we dominated the first half, but it kind of just fell away come the end. And kind of like we said already is that performances so far have been kind of getting better, have been decent, but the results haven't been there. And end of the day, it's results business. And if you look at where we are on the table, I think maybe it's a little bit harsh, but I think we uh, there's not too many games a season where I've kind of come away and think like, yeah, we were hard done by um, in that one there as well. And then moving into my favorite part here, predictions. Um, like I said, we still haven't got one correct. I feel like we're slowly getting closer. Um, but I will say this has been another tough week to kind of predict for this one. Um, Dylan, as always, first, what are you going with for this game here? Uh, I am going to go 2-1 loyal. Um, I don't have too much reasoning behind it, if I'm honest with you. I just don't see this being like a really high-scoring affair. Uh, I do fear this game might get caught in a little bit of tedious midfield passing around the back kind of nonsense. Um, we'll see. Indy don't have a great home record, so that's something. Um, so anyway, I'm going two to one. Uh, again, I really don't. I'm just kind of this vibes based, I guess, at this <laughs> point. Um, we got to have something positive, right? I'll go Conway and uh, Moon with a curler a la Tampa Bay last season. And the the Indigo? Oh, uh, Jack Blake. I mean, it's got to be, yeah. right? I I was going to go 2-1. I, I don't want to go the same as you. I will, I'll change it. I'm, 
I want to be optimistic. I, I want to get a, a big win after kind of how we've been playing recently. I'm going to go 3-1. I, I don't think we get a clean sheet after kind of how we've looked defensively. Um, but I, I'm happy to go 3-1. I think if we come out the blocks early, uh, we have potential to get a few goals here. I mean, looking at Indy's record, I mean, out of seven games at home, they've been in one of those. So again, I guess the odds are somewhat in our favour, even though away from home, we, we aren't much better, honestly. Um, but yeah, I'll go 3-1. I'll go with... I'll go with Nick Moon. I'm going to go Conway and I'll go Perez, kind of those kind of front three players there. And then again for Indy, um, I'll probably go, I'm going to go Asante. I was going to go Jack Blake um, from a free kick and then I'm, I'm going to assume he's going to do the, the kind of the, the no celebration thing. Um, I hope he hasn't got to do that. I hope he doesn't score. Um, but again, I was torn between kind of a draw, a win for us. But I said, I want to be optimistic when I get the win come the end. Um, but to wrap things up here, anything else to add? Uh, yeah, just I um, I don't I don't know really any indie fans, but I, from everything I can gather, uh, the indie fan base is pretty great. The Brickyard Battalion I know are a very strong supporters group within the USL. Uh, I think indie are either about to or have just put shovels in the ground on their new stadium downtown Indianapolis. That's awesome. Good for them. Um, I hope that they can follow in Louisville's footsteps and be like a very successful USL club um, that just kind of does their thing. And doesn't, it doesn't really matter what league they're in. They're just kind of successful. Um, and, you know, I know that the Brickyard Battalion uh, has had to fight their club a couple of times on um, some stands that they've taken. And I have a lot of respect for that. I actually have a sticker of theirs on my water bottles, show racism, the red card. If you can't quite see that, I got that from uh, the world's best supporters liaison, Weston Bray, shout out. Um, so uh, yeah, just, you know, a lot of love uh, to the Brickyard Battalion from San Diego, even though I, I really have not crossed paths with them, but um, hopefully someday. And uh, once they get that stadium built, I'm sure that is in a way that I will be looking to make. Yeah, definitely exciting times for Indy 11. I know they've kind of been somewhat of a, a USL powerhouse in kind of years gone by, um, but definitely, obviously, I know they're kind of Indianapolis, Cincinnati, kind of Louisville area um, is kind of, I guess, uh, somewhat of an un untouched kind of hotbed of soccer in the US. Um, but uh, I'm definitely glad. I mean, I'm always happy to see a, a decent USL team get a, a kind of a, a nice brand new stadium and kind of things looking up for them. Um, but again, that will wrap things up there. Obviously, we're going to have another bumps breakdown for next week when we play against Hartford, another away game on the East Coast, and then uh, back on the West Coast again for another away game after that versus the Colorado Springs switchbacks. But again, thanks for watching or listening, and we'll see you guys very soon.